Gilmore Girls' Paris Geller is many things. Hyper-intelligent, laser-focused, extremely intense. I want to win, and I'm going to win. She could be combative and, well, straight up mean. Is it raining? No, it's National Baptism Day. Tie your tubes, idiot. But she became a beloved character because as the show went on, we got to peel back the layers and see Paris as less of a looming threat and more as a real person. As she evolved over the seasons, she never gave up what made her Paris. She just expanded her world and let down her walls a little bit. While things always seemed to turn out great for Rory, no matter what, at least for a little while, Paris was hit with some big setbacks that caused her to have to rethink her single-minded goals for her future. So who is Paris Geller really? And how did she go from a glorified extra to an iconic character? I'm the most likely target, so I've already made up a list of enemies, which I've narrowed down from 26 to 5. Just at Yale? Just in this building. While Paris was originally intended to be a short-term character for Rory to feud with upon arriving at Chilton, actress Liza Weil brought such an interesting energy to the part that the writers knew they needed to keep her around to see where this character could go. So while Paris is initially in full-on villain mode, I'm gonna be editor next year. Well, good for you. I'm also the top of the class and I intend to be valedictorian when I graduate. Okay. Once it was decided that she would be sticking around, the show began taking more time to analyze why Paris behaves the way she does. Sure, she really, really wants to get into Harvard, but there's clearly more going on there. Paris is the quintessential difficult girl. She's assertive, neurotic, ambitious, high-strung, and totally unafraid to speak her mind. Brad, your festive interjections are a real kick in the pants, but we're low on time, so can it. But she isn't just driven by ego. She works hard to be the best at everything because she feels like being the smartest. Most driven person in any room is her only source of worth. While Paris comes from wealth, her home life is chaotic, with her parents constantly fighting and pretty much ignoring Paris and her needs as their child. I just can't focus lately. Things are so weird at my house. My dad finally figured out exactly how much it was going to cost him to divorce my mom, so now he's back. Her closest familial relationship is actually with her nanny, to the point that she was the only one who showed up for Paris on her graduation day, not her parents. School is the one place Paris has ever been able to feel like she's truly in control, and so she focuses her entire being on getting perfect grades and being the perfect student. What the hell did Romain mean when he was going on about weeding out the hyper-intense in the interview process? He stopped just short of calling me by name. I'm losing it. She set up acceptance to Harvard as the end-all be all in her mind, as if once she's accepted, her entire life will finally fall into place. Her singular drive causes her to ignore everything else about life, friends, dating, fun, to the point where she doesn't even really know how to be a regular teen. I can't do this. What? Date. I can't date. I'm not genetically set up for it. Her high expectations for herself also lead her to pushing everyone around her towards the same goals, even if they don't really want that for themselves. Her anxiety around slipping up even a bit or being brought down by someone else's failure leads her to attempt to micromanage every aspect of the world around her. It says that every other single school in the United States of America is feeling nothing but shame and defeat and pain because of the people who won the Oppenheimer plaque. I want to be those people. I want to cause that pain. While their relationship starts out rather antagonistic, Paris and Rory soon become friends because they fill important gaps in the other's life. Rory is the only person that isn't afraid of Paris, and so is actually able to reach her on a human level. And Paris is the only person who doesn't think Rory is a perfect angel, and so actually pushes her to fight towards her goals and stand up for herself. But this aura of perfection around Rory is also a big sticking point between the pair. While 
Paris worked so hard to get good grades, be in every club, try to get people to like her. Things just always seemed to fall into place for Rory without her really trying. So that's how you look when you've just woken up? Um, yeah. Nothing in my life is fair. When they meet, Rory has never even really thought about the fact that she might need to plan and work to get into the university she wants, while Paris has been molding her entire life towards that goal since she was in the fourth grade. I've been a camp counselor. I organized a senior literacy program. I worked a suicide hotline. I manned a runaway center. I've adopted dolphins, taught sign language, trained seeing eye dogs. As we discussed in our video on her, being surrounded by the idea that she was so special just by the fact of her existence actually hindered Rory. Things always just seemed to fall into her lap, so anytime anything didn't go her way, she couldn't even comprehend it. Paris, on the other hand, always seems to get the short end of the stick. Even when she should come out on top, the show often throws a wrench in her plans to make sure that Rory comes out ahead in the end. One of the most egregious examples of this is, of course, Rory becoming valedictorian over Paris. As Lydia Venn wrote for The Tab, she worked her ass off for four years, got perfect grades, was president of the student council, editor of the newspaper, and on every committee going. What more did she need to do? But Paris is always able to see the long game, to plan for the future. I actually Googled the personal histories of Ivy League valedictorians going back 25 years and found some enlightening statistics. They don't necessarily do too well in later life. Did you know that? In the end, while Rory's perfection may grate on Paris and Paris's overbearing nature may drive Rory a little mad, they make a good pair because they can support each other in ways that no one else can. Can you let her off the hook for God's sakes? In case you didn't know it, Rory's a great person and she does not deserve to be treated this way. Paris. Anyone should feel lucky to call her a friend. I know I do. Focusing so singularly on school for so long allowed Paris to ignore every other aspect of her life. She'd built up a hard shell to keep anyone from getting too close or getting in her way. But secretly, she longed for connection, but was afraid to reach out for it. Rory is able to help her start breaking down these walls she's built up and accept that it's worth branching out a bit, even if everything doesn't go perfectly. I'm not allowed to have mac and cheese. Splurge. Come on, Paris, stay. Do you have a 24-hour pharmacy just in case I have an allergic reaction to something? Believe it or not, we do. But unlike some other hardcore overachievers on screen, Paris doesn't become a more well-rounded, happier person by giving up those difficult characteristics that make her her. She just opens herself up to new experiences in a very Paris way. I went over there to study and he lit a fire and then we did it. What are your thoughts on that? My thoughts? While Paris wants to believe she can do everything on her own, she does come to accept that sometimes even she needs help. She turns to Rory for advice on boys and relationships, and even finds connection with Lorelai when Rory drops out of Yale and leaves Paris floundering emotionally. Paris's nanny had also played a big role in helping her with decision-making and staying calm. When she started at university, she realized she still needed that kind of support in her life, and so hired a life coach. She never really chilled out, but she did soften her edges a bit. The old Paris would have been bothered by your penchant to hover. It would have made her want to wring your neck till your eyeballs popped out. Oh. But now I accept it because I can't control everything. Old habits die hard though, and the old Paris does come back with a vengeance on occasion. Like when she's made the editor of the newspaper at Yale. She's so intense and overbearing that the rest of the staff literally mutiny and overthrow her, and surprise, replace her with Rory. But eventually Paris finds a way to use her ambitious, micromanaging nature for good by starting a tutoring company to help other students succeed. She might not be nice, but if there's one thing she knows, it's how to get 
good grades. I just want her to get into a good school. She has such potential. Well, so did Charles Manson. What? Look at her. Frankly, it may already be too late. When her parents flee the country and the IRS freezes all of their assets, she learns what it's like to not have that safety net, and she's not a fan. While Paris does expand her world during undergrad, she always keeps her eyes on the prize. She wants to set herself up for a future full of success. So we seem to have a block of eight days here in late March that is disturbingly for your resume building activity. While Rory begins faltering in college, her lack of work ethic and inability to deal with even the slightest criticism finally starting to catch up with her, Paris's hard work finally starts to pay off. She might have gotten rejected by her dream school Harvard for undergrad, but things finally go her way when applying for grad school. Anyway, go ahead. Might as well open Harvard, <laughs> even though it doesn't matter. Use letter opener again. We are pleased to- <laughs> By learning to harness her powers instead of letting them ruin her life, Paris manages to continue to work towards her larger goals while also considering things like happiness and personal growth. I thought we get rid of Craft Corner. No, that's my emotional homework. She takes her ambition and ability to learn pretty much anything, and as we learn in the revival series A Year in the Life, uses it to get a whole host of degrees, apparently graduating from Harvard Medical School and passing the bar, and eventually open her own fertility clinic. While Golden Child Roy is lost in a sea of malaise and fumbling around trying to figure out what exactly she's doing with her life, Paris seems to have her life together. But that doesn't mean she has everything figured out. That desire to be seen as perfect no matter what's really going on still remains, even after she's accomplished so much. Check out what's in my briefcase. Nothing. I brought it because I thought people would think I was more important because I was carrying a briefcase. But even if she does remain a little insecure and that underlying fear of failure is never fully snuffed out, she has built a life she can be proud of. And she didn't have to give up the more assertive, ambitious parts of herself to do it. It's kill or be killed. I'm not talking the art of war. Oh no. That's a tiptoe through the tulips compared with what you're going to find beyond these walls. Paris is the perfect example of how, if they're willing to open themselves up a little and accept some uncertainty in life, so-called difficult women can use their abilities to create a better world for everyone, themselves included. You know, it's weird. Most of the time I really hated you. Yeah, I really hated you too. That's the take. Click here to watch the video we think you'll love, or here to check out a whole playlist of awesome content. Don't forget to subscribe and turn on notifications. And make sure to subscribe to our Patreon for exclusive new videos.